Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to Inverse. My name is Justin, and you are watching a awesome Bible study show about religious liberty, at least for this quarter, the next 13 weeks and whatnot. And we in the studio, we have Israel. Hello. And we have Jonathan. Hi. And we have the lovely Siku. Hi. And the two of you are not as lovely, so I didn't use that <laughs> adjective with you. Uh, and we have also you guys out there, and we are super excited looking at the topic of Jesus and liberty, Jesus and religious liberty, Jesus and politics. And does he talk about politics? We're going to look at the Gospels and look at vignettes in Scripture and what he actually is teaching. And I love this show because it's a, it's a Bible study show, but it's not just talking about Bible and theology for Bible's sake, but there's actually real-life applications that when I, when I go home, and even as host of this show, uh, it impacts how I treat my wife, how I treat my children, and how I treat my goldfish that I don't have. So uh, we need to be mindful that this isn't just theory, but this is actually real-life practical stuff. So we're going to have a word of prayer, and Israel, can you pray for us? And we'll jump to Luke chapter 5 afterwards. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity that we have to study your word we pray that the Spirit of God that inspired it would also be the one that speaks to us, mm. that guides our conversations, and that touches our minds to be able to see things the way you see them. Amen. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Proper Bible study needs the Bible. It's going to Luke chapter 5, verse 27 through 39. And while my friends are turning to there, we want to also encourage you to go look, download the Bible study guide. You can go to inversebible.org and look up Jesus and Liberty and follow along with us. We are on episode 2, lesson 2, and we're looking at political hopes dash. Political hopes dashed. Um, let's read scripture in Jonathan verse, I think it was 27 and onward, mm-hmm. please. After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he left all, rose up and followed him. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with him. And their scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink? And he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled. And the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. And both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. All right. Uh, Siku, what are some things that you see from this passage uh, regarding, we've been looking at, we looked at Luke chapter, was it nine last mm-hmm. quarter, uh, last uh, last episode, and we're looking at Luke chapter five. Um, we established that Jesus doesn't say, you know, this is religious liberty and this is liberty uh, but we see that elements are weaving in through a lot of his messages. Uh, in this passage, what do you see here? Um, the the first section that we mm. read where he 
picks Levi, mm-hmm. who is a tax collector, to mm-hmm. be one of his disciples. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that in and of itself is is striking. Mm-hmm. Um, given the position that the Israelites had, um, being under the yoke of you know uh, the Romans, having a tax collector on his team. Um, was kind of a blow, you mm. know, to any kind of nationalism that the Israelites felt. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no one who'd want to be oppressed, but they were under oppression. And then tax collectors kind of represented this class of Israelite who had sympathies, I guess, with the mm. Romans because they were benefiting from the system, from the mm. way that things were set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jesus invites that person to be on his team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that that's one. The first thing that struck me is this probably would have been pretty offensive to a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, yeah, Just to counterbalance that, um, you have in Luke chapter 6, verse 15, uh, you have all the disciples being mentioned in chapter 6, verse 15. You have Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called mm-hmm. the zealot. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Levi, the tax collector. You brought it out. He works for the IRS. Uh, you brought that out. He works for the government. He's a government agent. He's a, Repu- he's a Re- Republican, not in terms of the political party, but he believes in the Republic, uh, the empire. He's a servant of, 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 he's a nationalist. Mm-hmm. And then you have Simon the Zealot, who is a zealot. There were um, assassins and they were terrorists of their day. And so you got, you know, Al Qaeda, you know, you know, terrorist group. And then you got an IRS agent, you got CIA, both on your team going to the same church. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of, I mean, I'm stretching out. What does that reveal about Big Christ? Stretch, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. I mean, yeah. Uh, what, what does it reveal about Christ's ministry? Hmm. He, he tears down um, borders and boundaries that we artificially make up as humans. Hmm. Um, he shows that all are welcome, all who desire uh, freedom, all who desire healing are welcome. Mm-hmm. And he, Jesus had, you know, as the Son of God, the ability to see that in people right away. Mm-hmm. And he saw in, in, you know, in Levi, Matthew, like, mm-hmm. he is a man. Yeah, he may have, you know, allegiance to the Roman Empire to some degree because it benefits him. Mm-hmm. But at his heart, he, he's looking for healing. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, he saw that, you know, with Simon the Zealot, who is zealous for his nationalistic ideas, um, but he saw that his, his heart wants to serve God. And, and the two are both welcome. Mm-hmm. And, and you, even the other disciples, I mean, it's just a mix of everything mm-hmm. as far as education and wealth, et cetera, is concerned. Age. Age. And so um, what we see here is the beauty of, of, of Jesus tearing down these, these artificial labels mm-hmm. uh, or these castes, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. uh, these levels of society, these levels of, of you know, education and whatever, whatever degree you have, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because at the core, we're all human beings in the need of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so what that tells us today is that you may have affiliations and things you identify yourself with um, that are, you know, artificially created human systems, whatever it is, political parties, um, uh, celebrities, whatever you, you, you identify with. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, sports teams, all these things, uh, some people have a lot of passion for, for, for what they identify with. But at the end of the day, these things do not matter in the eyes of God. Mm. Uh, and when we go against each other, so to say, because you're on one team, I'm on the other, we are really not, you know, exemplifying the love of Christ mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think of, I think of, um, he, he said beauty, the beauty of Christ welcoming all. But I think too of the attractiveness of Christ mm-hmm. to attract all mm-hmm. um, individuals yes. at such broad ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, of, they, they're as different as they come in terms of like what drives them and motivates them. Um, 
but Jesus is attractive mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. all of them, um, which comes as a rebuke for me in terms of, you know, what kind of people do I attract, you know, in terms of my, my personality, my, my character mm-hmm. is, do I have Christ's appeal mm. for people from all different backgrounds, from different, you know, political affiliations, people who see who have, you know, uh, this zeal for you know the government or anti-government and but what what it, what was it in Jesus mm. that regardless of what they thought in terms of national pride Jesus was attractive to mm-hmm. all these people yeah. and having an attractive Christianity. No, hey, your question brings me a lot of, makes me think it's a great litmus test. You know, our communities or the fellowship of, of friends that we have, mm-hmm. is it just the like-minded people that we have or is it like a, a universal appeal? Um, Jesus attracted so many people. Like, I, I guess like just from I'm thinking out loud, if we are too uniform of one kind of people that we're hanging out with, that's that's an indication of something wrong, mm-hmm. right? If everyone around us is democratic, if everyone is republic, if everyone else is black, everyone around this is Asian or white. If everyone around this is is one mono group, brown, uh, all right, brown, <laughs> red, blue, purple. Uh, there's something that that's, that's indicative of something. Mm-hmm. It's indicative of something. I think as as this this conversation is crazy in my mind because <laughs> something that happens too though, which happens in the mod, with the modern Jesus, the hippie, the hippie Jesus of today, right, is that. The same problem that the disciples have is the same problem we have now. How so? Jesus came and he said, you know, he preached about the kingdom of God. This is what mm. the kingdom of God is like. This is what the kingdom of God is like. This is what the kingdom of God. And people took the message of Christ and they say, you know what? I resonate with that. I resonate with the fact that Jesus is anti-government. And so the people that were mm. anti-government said the message of Christ is a message of anti-government. <laughs> then, you know, you have the other people that were pro-government. No, the message of Christ is order and government. It's about the kingdom. Yeah, it's about the kingdom. <laughs> and the, the kingdom needs money. So, um, so you know, I think that the same thing yeah. happens today. Yeah, we yeah, take yeah. Jesus like, you know, Jesus eats granola. No, he doesn't. Yeah. You know, he doesn't eat granola. He eats, like we you know, compartmentalize we, yeah. Jesus. Or we, I think we impose mm. our interest into Jesus's message. Yeah. Mm. And we've... Essentially, we've created Jesus in our own image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what I love about this passage, which is like the first time that I've seen this in, 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 as we've read it within this context, is verse 32. It says, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Mm. And so in this call to discipleship, what Jesus is doing is he is not pr- creating a team for the sake of diversity. Yeah. You know, he's like, you know what? I need, I need a young person. I need an old person. Mm-hmm. I need, you know, he's not trying to create a diverse, which is what people say today. You know, right. Jesus is so diverse, so inclusive, so whatever. He's not. This he, is an HR calling DEI and getting right. into exactly. a, yeah. the, 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 the yeah. candidate. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Thanks. For, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, he's, he's not doing that, but what he is doing is he's calling a group of people who understand their yes. sinfulness. Yes. And this is yeah. the key component mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Uh, making the relationship with Christ work is Mm -hmm. as long as I understand I'm a sinner, then I find a real place at the seat of the table. And why is that critical? Because Jesus Mm -hmm. did not just call people to come and Mm -hmm. to share the gospel, but he also called those same people to come and to be changed by the gospel, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and I think so many times when we think about the Bible, when we think about its teachings, when we think about the truth, we 
think about the fact that we have this calling, this responsibility, uh, uh, and and what's uh, stronger than the responsibility, uh, moral obligation, this obligation to share this message. And if we don't, then we are mm. being you know uh, unfaithful to Christ. When Christ is actually saying no. The most important thing is for you to help yourself before you help others. You know, Mm -hmm. you need to first be changed before you try to change others. Otherwise, this is exactly what happens. What happened to disciples is exactly what happens to us. Mm -hmm. If we don't change into Christ's image, Mm -hmm. then we change Christ into our image Mm -hmm. and we be and thereby become a greater threat to the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the first time that as as, it hit me as we're studying, Jesus came Mm -hmm. to call sinners and if we do not first and foremost associate mm-hmm. or identify as sinners then we will instead of bringing setting the captives free bringing freedom to people we will put them in bondage which mm, is what right. they did mm-hmm. this is what sorry just okay. just to to uh, piggyback on that, that when we when in our outreach and whatever we do when we welcome people when we invite them as, when we see them as sinners and i don't mean this in a in a derogative way like oh you sinner but like as a fellow sinner um, we we uh, that's when we can welcome people from all backgrounds and, mm. and that's, that's what Jesus was he wasn't focusing on that he wasn't as he said he wasn't it wasn't for the sake of diversity it was for the sake of salvation and as he saw their need uh, it attracted any anybody from any uh, label and any background uh, who felt that need mm-hmm. and that's 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 a key component when it comes to to our outreach that we see them not for for their label but for their need of Christ mm-hmm. yeah. I was th- go ahead I was thinking how crucial that that text that Israel fo- focused on on verse 32 yeah that the purpose that God that Jesus was calling sinners was for the purpose of repentance that puts into context the way that he interacts, right, with the tax collector. Because we see in the previous verses the fact that he was eating at a tax collector's home with a whole bunch of tax collectors. It it wasn't enough he just called Levi. Mm -hmm. Levi came and brought his friends, a group of tax collectors, and it caused, you know, some drama Mm because they're like, how can he be eating with these people? It wasn't just the fact that they were nationalists, so Mm -hmm. to speak, but it was also the lifestyle of tax collectors, Mm -hmm. They were known to be, you know, unscrupulous, to be deceptive, you know, to take more than they were supposed to be taking when they were collecting taxes. So there was beyond just their the, the contrast between um, Levi and Sim, and the zealots, Simon, but it was also even the lifestyle of tax collectors that they were known to have, right? Mm-hmm. But Jesus is not afraid to associate with them. Mm. And sometimes in, in thinking about when we associate with, if we're trying to be like Jesus and we're trying to associate with people who are quote unquote viewed as sinners, sometimes the temptation becomes, oh, we should be so loving and just accept all people um, and not be judgmental and like all these things. But the purpose for which Jesus was associating with them defined the parameters of their relationship then, right? Mm-hmm. So he's in the midst of tax collectors, but he's like, I'm not here to put a stamp on this lifestyle. I'm not here to put a stamp on the way that they've cho- chosen to live or their political affiliations or their belief systems, the purpose that I'm interacting with them is to draw them to myself, Mm -hmm. to a different type of thinking, a different way of life, you know, a different mentality. Um, And regardless Mm -hmm. of how other people view it. So he wasn't living for how people were going to see him afraid, afraid to interact with them because Mm -hmm. then people will think I'm not legit, but he was unashamed to interact with him because he knew what his mission was. He knew why he was there and why he was interacting with them. Yeah. That, that's really the the core of it. Uh, what, I'm, what you're bringing out, Siku, is um, 
Jesus is trying to uh, draw out uh, their need for him in a very gentle way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm trying to put my thoughts together, but it seems like with religion and politics, there, everyone has these self-interests. Yeah. Uh, and then the danger uh, that people have, that th- there is a danger with religion that you mm-hmm. combine it with politics and you're saying that God out there, he is on your side of your interests. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just very, very dangerous yeah. that the most powerful force in the universe is in alignment with your self-interest. Mm-hmm. And let's get that going. I mean, that's the danger of politics and religion together. Mm-hmm. But Jesus sitting down and eating with these these type of people, mm-hmm. um, he's just naturally eliciting out of them more than the interest you think you have. There's a lar- there's there's a there's an interest that you don't that you don't that you don't know of that you have. Yeah, that you're a sinner, and and it's and that you need me. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that can. Mm-hmm. Like for them to, and then it's, it's it's as if they're sitting there and like they kind of feel it, they notice it, but they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of, I mean, it's, 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 it's well, I guess what I'm getting at, it's what's unspoken in this text that's yeah. very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Yeah. And everyone there is thinking like, I mean, everyone, are, not everyone at that table, but everyone in religion and the world today, we're all righteous. Mm-hmm. Religion has already made us righteous. Why do we need Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's, it's powerful because what, what, as I was thinking about this is every time we hang out with, in certain circles, we want to either make it known that we do not associate with them or we do associate with them, mm-hmm. you know? So... We have these political conversations, and if I'm if I'm hanging out with a certain group of political people, I want to know. I want them to know. I want the world to know. I do not associate myself with you. I'm here to give you a new way of thinking, mm-hmm. or the opposite. I'm here to associate. We must take over the world, right? And Jesus is completely. And I think this is hard for, especially for Americans to understand today, that Jesus is completely removed. Mm-hmm. from the politics of his time. Mm-hmm. He he's not even trying to integrate politics mm-hmm. and draw the good and the bad. He says, "I have a new kingdom. Mm-hmm. My kingdom is not of this world." Mm-hmm. I don't as a matter of fact, the first lesson to understand is that lesson that these are two separate kingdoms. If my kingdom was of this world, people would come and fight. And because of that, because of this understanding that he has for his mission to call the sinners, not the righteous to repentance, mm. he's able to go to this kind of feast. Mm. Yeah. And he goes to this feast not to say, look, I'm here, but I want you to know I am not a mm. tax collector, <laughs> you know, or the opposite. You know, I want you to know tax collectors are all welcome. I associate. I am one of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's not, he's not, you know what I'm saying? He's not playing any, po- you know, you, you know the, he's not playing any politics. So no. this I think the reason why Christians today are so insecure and thereby so aggressive with their politics, especially in our great country, the United States of America, is because of the fact that we lack real and genuine conversion. Mm. Like you said, you know, we think we're righteous Mm. already. 
And if we're righteous, why in the world do we need Christ? Yeah. This is something that the, the founding fathers, and we're talking about the North American context, uh, not only because we're living in America and because we're Americans, but I think America places religious liberty on this, this stage for the world to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. The founding fathers said that the separation of church and state is so important because the fact that the church needs state to enforce its teachings shows that church itself has no power. Yeah. Right. And so for church to really allow church to be church, and what he means by church is not the instituted church, but religion, and really if we can bring it down to Christianity and Christ, for allowing Jesus to be powerful and allowing the conversion power, the state has to be put aside mm-hmm. and allow the conversion of, of the heart to occur. That's That ultimately is more powerful than the government saying you should not murder, you shouldn't and, lie. It's God living in you that, yeah. that should ultimately produce that kind of behavior. And, and that's what's going on in this text because you have the you know you have different uh, people groups here. You have the mm. Pharisees who had a certain understanding of you know what the nation of Israel should be like and how mm. pure they should be. You had the zeal, you know the zealot. Uh, you have you have all these ideas that are coming together, and almost all the disciples uh, mm-hmm. you know had this opinion that Jesus is going to start a new kingdom. He's going to utilize what's here. He's going to use force. He's going to use military. He's going to be this like powerful Messiah who's going to kick out the Romans. And Jesus is, as you said, on, on a meta level, he's 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 not connected to that at all. He's coming f- with a new kingdom, and this is this is profound because it shows us the the depth of the depth of of God's love and truth at work. So, as Jesus came and as he as he is exemplifying the principles of his kingdom, it is uh, but. At the same time, not utilizing the power he does have, you know, he he could enforce all these things like this. He didn't. He allows the freedom for them to grow. He invites them to the table. He allow, allows all these groups to to come in conflict with the principles of the of the of the kingdom of God, um, but in a good way. It's a good conflict. It's they're they're being you know enlightened, so to say, to to learn and grow. And he allows for that space. You know, even after three and a half years, they didn't fully get it. But he says. It's okay. Mm. Walk with me. You will. You you'll get it. Mm. You'll get it eventually. And this is the beauty here that even though you have all these different walks of life, Jesus is just continually living out the principles of the citizen, uh, the, the, the 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 kingdom of heaven, mm. calling us into a citizenship of heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, to uh, and he's okay to live with the tension that these guys are not getting it fully. Um, and so this again uh, for us today, as we engage, as we learn. Um, we got to be able to live with this tension uh, and 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 just, and walk with Christ ourselves, because none of us can say that we are, you know, all perfectly free from all <laughs> earthly ties and labels. Mm-hmm. But I believe in as we reach out to this world, as we engage with people, it is so important that we're okay with the tension. Yeah, they might have a conviction about something now, but let's live out the principles of the gospel, the truth of the gospel. And the Holy Spirit will do his work. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a lot of people who say uh, that if Jesus were alive today, that he would point out to all of society's injustices that mm-hmm. just with the fervency that he went into the temple and he threw up all the tables mm-hmm. and with the fervency of, of protecting that lady who sinned and he, he would he would protect the, the society's vulnerable in that way. And then he would just, you know, point out all of all of all the wrongs of America and whatnot. But, you know, I think they're misattributing passages. I think when you read the, the Gospels, it's, it's not only what we read in it, but it's also what's not in there that's, that's blatant. Jesus never had a commentary on Rome. Mm-hmm. 
he never commented on you know Israel's Israel's political uh, 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 destiny in any way. Even though that's that was on the foreminds of all the Pharisees and all the Sadducees and right. all the Herodians, he never talks about the injustices. He instead he. Um, I think what I'm getting at is verse 36, and it's kind of where what Israel mentioned a while before, but verse 36, the Bible says, he spoke a parable to them, and no one puts a piece on a new garment on an old one, otherwise the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old, and he says the same thing about the wineskins. Mm-hmm. You know, I just remember I had a hole in my sock, and then, you know, the, 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 the hole was stitched together, you know, and then after wearing it, like, the stitched part is preserved, but all around it, it was a, it was a bigger hole than it was. Mm-hmm. And we often, we impose uh, our interests, our theology, our politics mm. on Jesus. And Jesus is saying, like, hey, you just need new wineskin. You need new guard. You need new altogether. Mm-hmm. How, how do you know that, that, that we're not, it's easy to talk about this, but how do we know that we are not already, you know, we have, we, we have like holes and we're, we've stitched it up and we're, we, we've imposed upon Jesus. I mean, people may be listening like, hey, you guys sound great too, but how do you, how do, how, what's, what's the safeguard in all this? Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm saying I, we can also be easily Pharisees saying, oh, they were so whatever and we are right. Are, are we, Jonathan? I think it's, are uh, we Pharisees, Jonathan? I mean, probably. I think what's uh, <laughs> important is that we have uh, an, an attitude of humility yeah. to always be willing to be convicted. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what Jesus is calling, you know, calling sinners to repentance. Um, that can only happen when we are willing to be, you know, convicted yeah. of our sins. Yeah. And having that understanding like, God, you need to transform me continually, my whole life. Yeah. I, I, I will never assume I have arrived. I have the security in Jesus, but I know I need transformation and healing. And having that humility, I think, is key. Mm. Mm. I think what the evidence is, is there a change in the life? Mm. You know, like if you look at, if you, if you read this, the, the epistles of Peter, right? Peter's the one that's later on going to say, hey, submit to the governor, submit mm-hmm. to the kings, whatever. Uh, in Second Peter chapter, Second uh, Peter chapter one, uh, verses uh, three and onward, two Second and onward. Peter one, yeah. two and three. Uh, it, you know, he's talking about these uh, whereby are given unto us. Verse three it says, "As the divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us by glory and virtue." And then it says, by which we have been given, by which he has given us exceeding great and precious promises that through these we can be partakers of the divine nature, Mm. uh, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, right? You can see there's a transformation in Peter's life that is going from, you know, the, 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 the work that he's going to do against the governor or government towards having the character of Christ reproduced into his life. You look at the transformation that takes place in the life of John. Right. Who is calling, you know, like in the last episode, he's calling fire from heaven and then he's going to pen the most beautiful words ever written. You know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Mm -hmm. So you see there the transformation of the word of God or the transformation of the character through the word of God. Mm. And I think that if we think the same way today about politics that we thought five years ago, 10 years ago, one year ago, Mm. yesterday, then we have not we are not receiving the effectual power of god mm. to transform our nature 
into his divine likeness. Mm. And mm-hmm. it has to be transformed into more and more an attitude of love. And, right, and, exactly. Mm-hmm. In, in this discussion, what really haunts me is really Judas in all this, because mm-hmm. he was the one that was with Jesus, he's, he's, mm. but he never surrendered his his political, there was like one little pebble of, of his politics in it, mm. and that was what ultimately betrayed Jesus, and, and it still stayed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what you guys are talking about is, is not this slow change, but it's a complete transformation. Yeah. Uh, complete transformation. Even the even the uh, the disciples. Even until Acts chapter one, they're like, "Hey, when, when's this new when's the new <laughs> politics system coming out?" Like they still didn't get it even in Acts chapter one. We need an Acts chapter two experience of the Holy Spirit coming down and totally <laughs> a new paradigm shift. We need to click the refresh button and have the Holy Spirit give us just reboot a new website in us altogether. If that made sense <laughs> in any way. Um, that's my prayer um, as we're talking about politics, and I know that's for my brothers and my sister here. Hopefully that's yours. Stay with us with next week when we look at how do we talk to people who disagree with us with dissenters. Stay with us next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, This is Inverse.